Well, hello, New Freedom. Pastor Seth here. Uh, so glad that you've decided to join us today. We're going to continue in this series called The Problem of God. Uh, and today I'm going to focus on this, uh, this battle between religion and science that has been going on. Maybe you've heard of it this way. Hasn't science just disproven a God already? So we're in an apologetic series, and apologetics really uh, tackles a lot of the, the kind of common questions that, that most people deal with uh, when it comes to faith. And uh, it can also help you uh, as a believer, if you happen to have been walking uh, this journey out for any time, to give you some practical knowledge and, and some just tangible ways uh, of processing through the questions that maybe uh, you're having as well on your faith journey. So it's hard not to look at the world from our own perspective. It's the vantage point in which we have. It's the way that, we, uh, that we've been trained up and, and that we know to see the world. But if we only see things from our perspective, uh, then often our knowledge uh, of this world of life can be quite limited uh, to our own experiences. And apologetics really gives us a, a different vantage point. It, it allows us to say things like, have you ever thought about it from this angle? I want to look at three things today as we continue in this series. Um, but to start, I want you to know that I am both a man of faith as well as a man of science. You see, I have a, a degree as a nurse practitioner. Uh, and so what that means is I have a master's of science in nursing and uh, the ability to, to treat patients as a practitioner or as a provider. I also serve here as a local pastor at New Freedom Church, and I, I believe that my background in science and the study of arguably God's greatest creation uh, in human beings has only strengthened my faith. Yet my work as a pastor has strengthened my compassion for humanity and its brokenness, allowing me to treat with a much more empathetic approach as a nurse practitioner. Although I do have to take one hat off to, to work within uh, a given workplace, I don't have to set aside my values, my morals, my beliefs for whatever context I may be in that day. Idea number one, creation speaks of a creator. Many great scientists from generation to generation have claimed faith in God. Often we see this as some raging battle that's going on, but it hasn't always been so, and quite frankly, it hasn't always been the fault of science. Often we, as believers, can find ourselves fearful about the results uh, of research and study, or maybe we even wonder uh, what it may mean for our faith. Yet if we truly trust in God, believing that this is his created order, then what do we have to fear? Is it reasonable to believe that his creation would disprove of him as a creator? Surely not. And we must be careful to look at the results with a watchful eye. Of course, this is part of science. To assure the data is correct in what we're measuring, that being said, it is also why we as believers need to not stray away from the scientific community to make sure that that faith variable is still allowed within the research and not discarded by the scientific process. You see, scientific greats such as Pascal and Newton and Kepler and the like, they were men of amazing intellect, changing the way in which we see and view the world and its operation, yet had no difficulty maintaining and professing a faith in God. It can be tragic that a discipline dedicated to research and discovery is so often today 
missing the greatest truth in our universe, the truth of an existence of a loving and creative God. You see, 61% of Americans would profess Christianity. 33% of American scientists profess Christianity, and only 31% in the world profess Christianity. That still makes it a superpower in the, in the religious circles, um, but clearly not always the, uh, the popular opinion. Fortunately, truth is not by popular opinion. So even if all the scientists around the entire globe, whoever lived declared that God uh, does not exist, God made sure his very existence would be known in this world. In Romans 1 and 20, we see, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that the people are without excuse. The very thing that we are studying here, church, uh, and we're striving to understand, God's nature is all throughout it. If we search openly and willingly for truth, we will see God's presence. Jesus goes on in Luke 19 and 40 to say, if they, that's the people, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Everything in God's created order, everything in his created order is set to bring him praise. This is the heart behind Hillsong's famed uh, lyrics in So Will I. As you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of your breath. If the stars were made to worship, so alive. I can see your heart and everything you make. Every burning star and signal fire grace. If creation sings your praises, so Everything made by God has the ability to bring him praise. We do not need to fear that science will discover something that disproves him. We should invite the challenge because in inviting the challenge, in that searching process, it only points back to him. Idea number two, dismissing science undermines your witness. We do not find ourselves in good company to avoid or ignore science, its achievements, its mysteries. Many scientists, pastors, and thought leaders of our past did not struggle to remain faithful in their submission to God while pursuing wisdom and understanding of God and his divine creative order. When we dismiss the intellect given to us by God, we show ourselves to be foolish. Don't check your intellect off at the door and walk in foolish ways. Who would want to follow a fool? We read in 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. It cannot understand because they are discerned only through the Spirit. 
You see, this is a sobering reminder to us, church, in in what it is that we believe, the faith in which we walk out every day, the way in which we're led by the Spirit is already seen as foolishness because it's difficult for the natural mind to understand. So let's not add to that foolishness today, to what is already something so difficult. God is big enough. He's strong enough. He is capable enough to stand up to anything in this world. If this is you, you must ask yourself, what are you scared of? What is it you're scared of in this search today? If God can be disproven, is he worthy of your surrender? Is he worthy of your praise? Is he worthy of your entire life? Of course not. Yet, I, as a man of science and a man of faith, have no difficulty giving God my entire life, giving him my everything, sacrificing everything that I am, am and everything that I have to him because I know that he is worthy of my praise and my honor and my glory and all of my life, everything in me. From the wind that fills my lungs, giving me breath, from the blood that fills my veins, giving me very life today, it is all given by him. And if we doubt that the two things can line up, We are separating ourselves from the world in which we have been called to go and make disciples. You see, church, our witness is lost. And idea number three, science can better society. My goodness, this is a a, a bit timely (laughs) right now. Uh, Science has changed the world in which we live today through medicine, engineering, digital technology uh, that we're experiencing right here and now. We have so many options never afforded generations before us. I just had a conversation with my kids this morning uh, and talked about the way in which uh, we are experiencing church as a family right now, sitting on a couch together, a cup of coffee, uh, you know, maybe somebody's doodling a picture uh, over in the corner, but we're singing praises together. We're hearing uh, messages together. We're talking about what it was uh, that was discussed that morning. This was never possible for so many generations before us. If a pandemic had hit in this way and churches were were unable to meet and gather publicly, people would have gone weeks without experiencing uh, a public uh, profession uh, together as a congregation. And my goodness, what a time we live in where we don't have to miss a beat. We can keep keep bringing the message of Jesus Christ to people all around the world through this. I once heard somebody say that they wish the, the um, inventor of a smartphone had never been born. And, and I got to say, I get it. I absolutely uh, get what they were saying here. You see, he saw students and husbands and wives just disconnecting from each other, no longer engaging in conversation, uh, people losing vital social skills, some never actually forming them from the start. The list of harmful technologies that we've experienced over the years goes on and on, but the the smartphone was never actually the problem. It's simply a new tool that displays both humanity's creativity, as we are creative just like the God we serve. We're image bearers of Him. It also shows the brokenness of humanity in a way that isn't unique to the smartphone. You see, that brokenness has been displayed all throughout technology, all throughout time, like it once was with paper and a bit of fresh ink. 
I thank God for science, which is helping us tackle this global crisis known as COVID-19. That same technology that has separated us, it's now keeping us together through crisis. We see the creativity of men and women shining bright every single day in a way that which we do church, in the way our frontline healthcare workers are taking on this pandemic, the way in which companies are retrofitting their machinery to make desperately needed supplies. It is amazing what we're seeing today and the way in which the world is coming together as a result of science. We see the world come closer as we separate. (laughs) And the church has been given an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ in a brand new way, to bring hope in a time of uncertainty that many of us have never experienced before. Today, because of science, we have a better understanding than any time in history of the great vastness of our universe and just how complex of a creation we are, science has shown us this is far too complex for chance. Church, much like science, we cannot only take the results we wish to find. We shouldn't rest solely on the knowledge that we have today as the only truth that will ever be displayed forever. Let me be clear. There are undisputable aspects of faith to maintain Christianity. But that is not what's at stake here. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of peace and love and of sound mind. Part of having a sound mind is one of intellect and inquiry. John Lennox, he was a Christian mathematician. And so being in that scientific circle, he often would hear rumblings of, can't we just get rid of God already? He dug a little bit deeper into this, and what he found is that, that people, uh, his scientific community, his colleagues, they, they equated God with suffering in the world, and really what they wanted to do was get rid of suffering. They just wanted it all to be about intellect. Get rid of the emotion. Get rid of the feeling. It, it, can't we just deal with the facts that we see at hand here? And, and so uh, John went on to dig a little bit deeper, and he said, getting rid of God does not get rid of suffering. It simply takes away the hope. It takes away the hope that that accompanies it, leaving us with absolutely nothing. So he goes on to ask himself this this very um, uh, difficult question. He says, is there evidence of a God I can trust? As a man of science, is there something here that I can actually trust in? Does God give me something tangible to hold on to? And he states confidently, in this we find Jesus on a cross, which raises the question of why God is on a cross. In this is our true hope of the gospel, that Christ died so that we may live as his thoughts led him straight to the arms of Jesus. Church science did not break the world. Sin did that. It is why we see Jesus on a cross, dying for our mistakes, our weaknesses, our imperfections, or to put it another way, our sin. Those places where we miss the perfect mark of God. We can trust him because of this sacrifice. God made a way with his people. Again, if we would simply admit to falling short of God's glory. If we could admit that we don't have it all together, that we're imperfect and we don't line up with God's perfection, 
then we believe in his son, Jesus Christ, dying on a cross and rising again. We just celebrated this at Easter. It's why that that, uh, holiday is so important in our faith. And finally, we choose to follow him every day from this moment forward. It's not that we uh, admit that we're broken. We believe in in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and then we've arrived. It's a day-by-day process. We choose to follow him actively every single day for the rest of our life, knowing we don't have all the answers today, but it's a bit of a scientific inquiry that we're going to continue in this process of gaining more truth and more knowledge along the way as we grow more intimately with our Heavenly Father. So to close, I want to share with you a quote from a famous theologian, John Ortenberg. He says, Faith in God is not based on the gaps that science hasn't yet filled in. And I'll interject here, the, the more advanced we have, more advancements we have in science will not lead us to less of a need for God. What is faith based on, you may ask? So back to John, faith in God is not based on the gaps that science hasn't yet filled in, but based on observations of meaning and value and order that actually underlie the science itself. You see, God is not just a gap filler. He's not not just because we don't know enough yet. It's not because science hasn't yet discovered enough that we no longer need God. God underlies the very science, the very creation uh, that they're studying in the process of it. Faith in God is not based on those gaps. Many have argued against faith from a brokenness standpoint. As people run to God in times of need, we're seeing this right now. Church, we have an opportunity. People are hurting. They're broken. Their uncertain life has fallen into chaos for many people. They're recognizing, just like we are, that they're not in control. They don't like it. It may be true to say often it is in moments of crisis we find ourselves in greater need of a Savior and more willing to open up to the idea of a God and King. But at the end of the day, that's not what keeps us there. I wholeheartedly believe that a search of Jesus, His message, His hope, His gospel will lead us right back to God. Just like we saw earlier in the question with Mr. Lennox, we find men and women standing before the cross of Jesus asking why God would die for them. It's in this endeavor we do not find the skepticism, but we find surrender.